And hello, movie lovers. And tonight is the night that we're going to be reviewing John Wick Chapter 4. This is the fourth movie in, in the John Wick franchise, of course. I also have Vengeance with me. We're going to be doing the spoiler review, and Tamika will be joining me in a few minutes to do this review as well. So, with further ado, let's go on ahead. Let's get on with the show, because I'm excited to have Vengeance here. I'm here excited even to have Tamika here, too, to be able to review John Wick Chapter 4. And hey, man, how are you doing? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Nothing much, man. It's good to have you on here talking about some John Wick. We, you oh, did, man. You, me, and Tamika did uh, Chapter 3 together. Now we're doing Chapter 4. Tamika will be here in a few minutes. But what I really loved about this was the action sequences in this movie. The plot picks off right where we left off at, kind of, but it has like a little bit of a time jump, which is only a little small nitpicky thing, because I'm expecting him to be wounded. I'm expecting him to not be fully healed. And whenever you see him, when Florence Fishburne walks into his little sore area, here he is punching the this big, huge uh, kung fu-looking wooden thing and he's just making his knuckles bleed. I'm just loving it. And then when he goes, you ready, John? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm just shaking my head at the theaters being geeked out over this. But still, overall, this movie was fantastic. Oh, 100%, man. Like, yeah, I feel like there was a bit of a time jump between Parabellum and this one. Uh, maybe a few days, maybe a week or two. I think there's a bit bad of a... I reckon there was probably about a week or two time jump um with this one so like so john wick of bully hill like get back to his normal self his normal and, hp uh, <laughs> yeah full hp yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 100 man I, I i i had such a good time with this dude like like you i was geeking out in the cinema man i was just like yeah this is it man this is my john favorite wick thing right you see my favorite thing about this time is i wasn't in the theater by myself i was in there with a pack full of people i had my wife with me and I'm shoving popcorn in my face and going and whenever something would happen to John Wick, I'm like, ooh, that hurts. That's very painful. And that's one thing I think that is fantastic about the John Wick movies is how realistic it actually is whenever John Wick gets hit by something, a car or anything like that. Or if even one of the goons winds up, of course, getting hit with something, you wind up feeling bad for them. But my favorite character in this movie is Kane. Kane, to me, is my favorite character in the John Wick movies. Just because of how bad he, badass he is, Danny Yen does a fantastic job of this, playing a blind uh, blind guy again because he was actually a blind guy in uh, Star Wars Rogue One. So I thought Danny Yen did a really really good job. Hey, Tamika. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> so we were just talking about Danny Yen playing another blind role after Rogue One, uh, and how much I really liked him in this one, and then also too we have how much of a time jump between Parabellum in this one and what did you think of it overall um yeah <clears throat> overall i i liked it um just from the go just like um john wick three you have the action starting off um but yeah i i like too that it's starting to unfold some of his background like who he is um and his tribemen. So I I really like that aspect of it. And of course, the action and then people getting shot and killed. Oh, yeah, there was plenty of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, there was plenty of that. 
it was it was crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. The the action scenes really took off in this one, um, especially the um, Osaka Hotel. Oh Just yeah. Scene, especially, I think my favorite scene from that is when um, the guy was crawling up the stairs and. I forgot the owner's name, but his daughter was just stabbing him. Akira. With him. Yeah. Yeah, Akira yeah. just kept stabbing him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as he was going up, and I was like, just die, dude. Just just lay there. Don't. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. seems like they always pick, like, the biggest dudes to have for John Wick to actually face off against, because we had a big old giant dude in John Wick 2, so they're like, you know what, we need some more big dudes. So, they amped up how big the guys were to make it more challenging for John Wick. And I definitely love the whole entire part where the girl is just going ham on this one dude and she, the guy just won't die. He's just taking it to taking it to town with him. And my wife goes, damn, I really love her. I love the way <laughs> she, she really loved how she took that down that big dude. Yeah. Akira was like, uh, well, turned him into a human pincushion. Yeah. <laughs> The dude, dude was, dude was just a pincushion by the end of it. He was crawling up the stairs, and he just become a yeah, he become a pincushion. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. that whole scene was badass, man. I had such a good time with that scene. I was just like, here we go, the action is kicking off. Uh, let's go. It's it's what you what you expect from a John Wick movie. You just the carnage. It's just, just they amped like, up the uh, the violence to eleven. On this one, mm-hmm. they, they did a fantastic job with the stunt work, the action sequences, uh, even the stuff with Danny Yen. Whenever he's just placing doorbells, digital doorbells all over the place in the hotel. At first, I'm like, thinking, "Okay, is he going to blow up the kitchen?" Because that's my first initial thoughts. And then all of a sudden, you hear a little ding dong, and then you know uh, that's whenever one of the guys winds up coming through through there and he's taking them all out one by one because he can't see. And I liked how they used his ability to that, to do that. I thought it was a cool way of actually doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, I mean, I think if I remember right, he was just eating a bowl of noodles and he was like, are you going to do something? And he was just like, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll put down these noodles, man. And I'm just going to, I thought Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen was incredible in this movie. Yeah, I feel like he was. Yeah, I love I love Donnie Yen. So I love his other movies like It Man and stuff like that. Rogue uh, One. He was. Yeah. 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 He's, he's a great martial artist, man. And you got like um, Scott Atkins as well. Obviously, Scott Atkins player in a fat suit. He was in a fat suit for this movie playing Killer, the guy at the poker table. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. He was. He was like really interesting. He was quite like a comic relief of the movie. Um, along with the guy that goes, I am Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> that part made me laugh, though, too. It reminds me of DC Comics in a way, how those two characters were introduced and the color scheme of the guy at the poker table was really cool. I definitely like the color scheme of that. And also, too, the color scheme in general when it comes down to the club and everything, too, was really cool. But I also liked whenever... Uh, he has to basically John Wick has to take a trophy from uh, the character to show that he took him down, and he winds up taking the gold tooth and showing uh, the Russian uh, assassins 
that he actually took him down. So I thought that was actually pretty cool, have a way of having like a souvenir, because we never seen that on John Wick movie, where he has to prove himself to other people in order for him to survive. And that's what I like about this, though. This reminds me of a wild, wild west kind of John Wick style movie, especially when he goes, meet me at dawn. Don't. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know what you're saying. I feel like in my own review, my on on Instagram, I was I said that this feels like the most James Bond John Wick film that we've ever had. Like it just feels so James Bond from to the locations because obviously in every Bond film, there's stunning, beautiful, different locations. There's henchmen. Obviously, there's henchmen, uh, which we got as Scott Atkins in the fat suit. He was a great henchman. He was awesome. Uh, and like you say, it just felt like a James Bond movie, but this is like the most best James Bond movie because of the acting. <laughs> it's just so much better than a James Bond movie. So it, it just, for me, it just felt like the most Bond John Wick movie that we've had in the franchise. So. What about for you, Tamika? Yeah, I see what you mean about the Western theme. Because even in the beginning, he's... Um, it kind of felt like Indiana Jones, right? Because he was yeah. in the desert chasing the guys, and then he killed. It's hard to say who is the high table. Is it the guy that he killed in the beginning? Is he like the leader of the high table? He was actually one of the members of the high table. And then you have Bell Skarsgård, douchebag uh, of yeah, the, the year. That's team. actually the... Right. He's the high, high top. The way I saw it was like in the Game of Thrones episode where basically you have people that appoint other officers within that to actually give advice because they have their pens. So yeah. I saw that as like a little bit of a take from Game of Thrones in a sense where you actually have the high table people, but you also have the people that are appointed for advice and stuff like that for the high table. So he took out one of the men, other members that's basically a concierge to uh, the high table. Hmm. And then you actually have the higher up table, which would be uh, Bell Skarsgård, a.k.a. Pennywise. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh. Pennywise <laughs> variant was in here, too. And his oh, he, scene. Every scene, right? Yeah. I, I, I knew when he was coming in, when I saw the actor, Bill Skarsgård, I was like, okay, there's about to be some shit going on now. Because every character he plays, he plays with this kind of sadistic element to him. Like even when he was um, asking, um, I want to say sticks, because I'm thinking about Daredevil. <laughs> it's Kane. Oh, Kane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the similarities are uncanny. Um, even when he was asking Kane, um, you know, um, you have to kill John Wick. He was just taking small bites of cake and it's like these little gestures like what is he doing and I was like is he going to finish the cake and then just took one <laughs> bite and I was fascinated with the cake. But I did like the aspect of using Braille to for him to read John Wick. Just they they took in account everything like from a, a blind assassin's point of view. <laughs> which we haven't seen before, like reading the Braille card of who's your next kill, uh, the the use of sound, you know, like you said, with the kitchen, and I thought he was going to blow the kitchen up too. The use of sound and him tapping on his, with his cane, just to 
feel his way around and still doing martial arts. Like usually, like with Daredevil, we don't really get that too much because he has heightened senses. So he doesn't go around with a cane. You know, he's just, I just know where people are from my sonic sight and sonic hearing. You know, so it's mm-hmm. good that there's some form of realism in this. That's what I like, though, too. It also allows the audience to know a little bit more about him as a character because he's first introduced. So it's hard to introduce new characters into a fourth film because sometimes it could be too convoluted and stuff like that to the point where it's taken away from the main cast. But the way they do it is very smart. They give you little small nuggets with that whole entire scene to make it where you mentioned the whole embryo thing. And then you also see on his face with the expression, wait, I have a history with him. Just like William Defoe did in the first one, and he's my friend, and you're making me t- take him down. So you have the enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of vibe to it, which is something that I think that's pretty gnarly to me, because uh-huh. of the fact that you're playing around with the friendship and trying to fracture a friendship that he already knows. The high table already knows that they're friends because they've done business before. <laughs> So it's just like in the uh, in Goodfellas, you're going to send the person that you know that you feel safe with your friend. You're not going to send off a stranger to kill you, and so that ma- it makes sense. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I feel I feel Bill Skarsgård's character. He was so he ate everything he was in. He was just so good, <laughs> and and the fact he obviously let's talk about Lance Riddick for a second, man. Like. I like that was that hit different. Like when when obviously um Bill Skarsgård's character killed Lance, I was like, and then Lance comes out with it's been an honor, my friend. I was like, that hit me so hard because obviously he passed away recently. So mm-hmm. that that hit that was, me as well. Yeah. I'm like that and then him being killed off in this movie. And stuff like that. That was our last moments of us saying goodbye to him, and it it hurt me to see that for one last time. But yeah. it was good to see him for that one time. But I like how Winston also has his own motivations behind it because in my, back in my mind, when I'm seeing all this stuff happening with Bill Skarsgård, and the thing with Bill Skarsgård is this: he plays a douchebag the right kind of way. Because if you look at his eyes, his eyes are not really one of those guys that are really dark. Or anything like that, and that kind of thing. He uses his innocence in his eyes to to do whatever he needs to do because it makes himself look innocent while doing it. And he, I was like, this douchebag needs to die. This person, I cannot stand him. I want him to die, but I know I have to wait two, three hours before I actually get to the climax of it to see him die. But he does such a good job at playing this character to the point where you're rooting for him to die the whole entire time. So that's something I liked about Bell Skarsgård. He uses his innocence in his eyes to lure you in and stuff like that. But the stuff with Lawrence Fishburne, with uh, not Lawrence Fishburne, but back over to Winston, what I was saying was this. He has his own motivations as to what he was doing. So as soon as I saw the Continental being destroyed, he's going to use John Wick as a way to get his hotel back. So, of course, he's going to make a deal with the high table in order for him to get what he wants. And even John goes, really, Winston? Because what? You thought you were the only one who's going to come back? I want something, too. I'm, after all, you shot somebody in my hotel. So I'm in this with you because it's, it's going to end up being something for me in return. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was uh yeah i i echo what you were saying about bill skarsgård like he was very like the innocence is there in his eyes but you could just tell he's a snake he's very slimy uh he's a slimy character he's he kind of reminds <laughs> me of joffrey from game of thrones mm-hmm. yeah what you just want him to die mm-hmm. um because he's so slimy and he's just a snake so i totally agree with you guys yeah i felt like when his death finally came i was just like yes finally but yeah, he tried everything in the world to try and kill john and this is one of my favorite moments in the film is where you have John trying to go through the source system. And then you have the scene where people are taking shotgun shells, exploding shotgun shells at that. And I'm like, ooh, oh. this is going to be interesting. I'm loving this. And I'm just eating my popcorn at the same time. I'm like, come on, I need to see more. <laughs> and then I'm looking at the guy next to me. We're over there going high-fiving each other. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm gonna be honest. That was my favorite. That was probably my favorite scene. uh, That tracking shot where it's just above John McTed, and -hmm. he's clearing that building with those Mm -hmm. exploding shells. I was like, "This is this is cinema, baby. Like, (laughs) this is cinema. This is what I come to see." And that just watching everyone just burst into flames when he was shooting them with with the exploding Mm -hmm. shells. I was just like. You know what that reminds me of, though? And I'll let Tamika uh, talk about this, though, too. But that scene where they're talking... I love the overhead shot, how it goes through room to room. And then you're seeing John take down all these guys. And then you also see kill his dog uh, go after people, too. And I thought that was might be Holly Berry's son at first, because that was actually the connection I was thinking that it was going to make, but I was wrong on that. Yeah. But you know what game this actually reminds me of? Uh, not game. Uh, this movie reminds me of, but this action sequence. Without remorse. Uh, no, Hotline Miami. Oh. <laughs> Without remorse had that too. Their overshots. But, but yeah. But I just loved it. I was eating it up. This reminded me of me playing an action video game and watching John Wick go ham in the right kind of way. And I'm like, I've never seen this done in an action movie before. And they use the action sequences to the point where it's not like redundant or anything like that, to where we said, oh, you know what, we've seen that before. This is actually getting kind of boring after 30 minutes of watching an action scene. But they always do something different within these John Wick movies in itself. They use the environments as a weapon. They use certain things that you would never think that they would use as a weapon. And that's one of my favorite things about John Wick and this franchise is they always expand on the action sequences and try to do something new that we haven't seen before. Like, for instance, oh, the fucking pencil. Guess what? We never saw somebody stab somebody with a pencil before, but until John Wick. So our airport security is probably going to have to take everybody's pencils away. But still. Uh, well, the Joker in the dark night. That's a little bit different, though. Well, yeah, he sort of stabbed somebody. He, like, used the person's head for the pencil to disappear. Okay, I'll yeah, I can see that. I can <laughs> see that. I can see that. I, do you know what I did? Do you know what I did like about this movie? I liked that it was. It took a different like because in every John Wick film, it can be quite repetitive to see John Wick clear a room with a pistol. Like it's just what he does, right? But they made it harder this time. Like at the hotel, um, uh, in Tokyo, or I think it was Hong Kong or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, um, the concierge uh these 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 uh these guys had like 
it was kind of like bulletproof armor. So it made it harder to kill. And I really liked it that it was more of a task for John Wick to, to, to out these guys. Same here. It's more of a challenge. True. That is true. They did. They had like the SWAT gear on and then the face mask and everything else. And when he was killing them, I was like, uh, that's, you know, yeah, it's like a struggle. You got to get like underneath the neck and then you go for the knee, kneecaps. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's hard. John, John Wick with fucking nunchucks. Yeah, nunchuck. I love that. That was that, a cool scene. The nunchuck scene was my, hands down one of my favorite scenes in the John Wick movie, though, too, because I've never seen Keanu do nunchucks. And to see him do nunchucks the way he does nunchucks, just, just, uh, it's just crazy. I was just bananas in the theater and everything. My wife is just look, looking at me like I lost my mind, but I, I really loved it. Yeah, too and much Ninja Turtles for him. Definitely. This is why I signed up for karate class when I was a kid. Because <laughs> of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yep, and Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, that whole that whole scene when with the nunchucks when he was just like going ham on this guy, one guy that was he was just like <laughs> that that but, scene was badass, man. Uh one of the fan theories, because I saw this um this YouTube with Keanu and Chad, which I can't pronounce his last name, but he's like the director of the film, and they were just reading through fan theories. And people were kind of guessing what John Wick 4 was going to be like. And um, one fan is like, he, she sees John Wick as um, kind of like the divine comedy or Dante's comedy. Like he's going through all the, the seven, I think it's seven circles of hell. But that's how it kind of felt throughout this whole film, especially when he's trying to get to the church. You know, he's going through... Um, all the cars, that whole car scene in Paris. And then I thought <laughs> when he met uh, the Bowery King, uh, I was like, oh, okay, you know, he's going to go rest for the church scene. And, and I, I guess more HP. <laughs> he has to go out to get to the church. So I was going out to get to the church. The hit is still out on him. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I, I tell you what, I got exhausted, but not because I was bored, but I was like, I felt like I was running a marathon with him. And especially yeah. the stair scene mm -hmm. where he was almost up to the stairs and that douchebag came out and pushed him down two more flights. And we had like, what, three minutes left to get to the church. And I was like, oh. like me and the audience were like, oh, man, we were <laughs> yeah. you know. I told. I looked oh at man, the, that tumble he took down the stairs. I was like, "Oh shit!" And then he tumbled again. I was like, "Oh, this man ain't never gonna make it to the church on time." <laughs> All I could think of was "My Fair Lady" got to make it to the church on time. That that musical. <laughs> but um, but you know what? Though I was looking at one the guy next to me. I'm like, man, I just I said I don't know about you, but I feel exhausted right now because I feel bad for Keanu. I, at this point, I'd be like, you know what? Just done. I'm done. Kill me. But I love the action sequence with that, where they're basically just pushing him down the stairs over and over again. I'm like, come on. How much of a douchebag do you have to be to be that greedy to where you have, want to just not kill somebody your own self? Because he knew yeah. he was going to lose one way or the other. Yeah. He, Bill Skarsgård knew he was done. 
one way or the other, whether he uh, faced off against him some other time or was going to be during that duel scene. But, you know, then whenever you see Kane, I love when Kane comes in like a WWE superstar and he's like, John, you ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready. And he goes, that's all he needed. He just needed some Kane in his life. And he goes up those stairs. <laughs> well, he did. He had his buddy with him. But still, the way those two took down those henchmen was just outstanding. And oh, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. And to me, I think that the henchman has more of a background now than they did before, which now you have a little bit more of a background on who they are versus just now I am taking them down, which I like. I like characterization and my characters. So that's what I like about that. But you know what, yeah. with that scene um, where he was almost there, looking back on it, I kind of like that where you think, oh, okay, he's going to make it and then we're going to get to the happy ending. And then the, the twist come and they push him right back down. I like that scene because I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, I thought he was going to make it. You know, and yeah, it keeps but, me on the edge of my seat because if he if he didn't have that challenge where he got knocked back down and he just was like, da da da, hey guys, I made it to the church, all right, ready to rumble, <laughs> then I'd be like, oh, that's predictable. But even right. even the per, even if you look at it and you can predict every move in movies, you can predict that. So I that's really true. like that. Yeah. The, I mean, even Stallone in his prime would look at those stairs and think, nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it felt like there were more stairs than the ones in Philadelphia. I don't know right. how many <laughs> of stairs that would go. That's not the comparative what Kano had to go through. I'm telling you, that's like advanced level uh, of falling down the stairs and going back up the stairs. I'll tell you that. But I also like whenever they're using the DJ as a way of talking in code. Oh. And I like how they have the painted black song because I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan, and just to hear the painted black uh, song in French, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm over there, bumping my head. That that the soundtrack alone for this is just fantastic. But then whenever you finally get up to the stairs, though, and then you get past that point, and then he's there. He's just all beat up, just kind of like sluggish. I'm like, dude, I feel you. You're having a Monday. That's how my Monday looks. <laughs> after that, after that scene, I think we all felt sluggish. Let's be honest. Yeah, I was tired. Yeah. I was too. I forgot about what he had to do. I'm like, oh right, the duel. Like, I was reaching. I was reaching for my inhaler, man. I was like, same. <laughs> I was like, dude. Like, I, I, I don't know if I could do what Cano did. I'm like, look, I'm just done. You guys can go on ahead and shoot me. Winston, I'm sorry that you have to lose your hotel. Kane, yeah. I'm sorry that your daughter has to die, but so do I. I'm I'm just done. The coffee's not going to work for me. Monster energy's not going to work for me. Just kill me now because I've already been through enough already for this three and a half hours. <laughs> intermission after that. I'm like, can the audience get an intermission so we can catch our breath and then you can go back to the dual scene? But no, we had to go right along with the journey. Because he's right. going through all these cycles of hell. Mm-hmm. They go through like the 30 paces and it's just 
<laughs> was there really 30 paces? Because I was trying to count. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You're trying comes, to count. It's a blind yeah. trying to count the body counts in this movie. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That seemed like that's about 20. Like, and then it kind of bothered me for five minutes. And then I had to get myself out of that. Because I was like, I don't think that was 30 paces. But okay. <laughs> Cheating going on here, but uh, it's of course, <laughs> Spell Skarsgård, the ball bag, but yeah, yeah, who but, can't fight his own battles, by the way, right? But, but I like how him. at first I'm like, is John gonna make this out of alive with this? Because Kane has no choice but to shoot him, and John has no choice but to shoot Kane. But I'm waiting for like a plot twist where basically. Yeah, they have to load up their own rounds, but what if one of them was a blank and so happens to be... I was thinking that there might be a plot twist with that or something within those lines, but no, they go toe-to-toe, do it squaring off with like a Wild Wild West kind of deal, and finally you get... They finally come up uh, face-to-face with each other, and then they both wind up shooting each other, and then John winds up on the ground, and then, of course, you see Kane... And Kane is still breathing. He's still standing. And then douchebag, ball bag uh, <clears throat> comes out over there and is like, okay, my turn now. I'm like, dude, he did all the work for you, you little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, you're such a... And then I said this out loud in the theater. I said, you little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it is glitter suit on. Yeah. Glittering in the sunset. Right? I tell you. Can't take they can't take Bill Skarsgård anywhere. He just wants to litter everywhere. Yeah, and by the way, I don't see any innocence in his eyes at all. I just <laughs> see him as sadistic. Him and his whole family. Yeah. <laughs> Even Alexander. Yeah, that one is sadistic too. True Blood. Yeah, yeah, he's sadistic. <laughs> Eric yeah. just likes sex. This one just likes to kill people. It, yeah. Yeah, and then the daddy's sadistic too. They all sadistic. Sadistic. Gas guards are one sadistic bastard. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I they should I make that a movie. I don't want to see them on the streets, no. But looking back, own, the, looking they back, they make on, their own Expendables movie. The Scarf Guards. Well, I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> but I was just gonna say, looking back on the duel, um. It does seem like they kind of planned out where to shoot each other, right? Because they could have shot each other in the chest and just ended it. But everywhere they shot, it was like they still could recover. Yeah, recover. So it does seem like they, I don't, they wouldn't plan it out, but I don't know. That's what I was thinking, though, too, Tamika, was like they picked out areas because they're friends after all, and they're pretty much. Kane has no choice at the matter because of the fact of the marker. So, you know, he's like, well, I got to do what I got to do to get my yeah. daughter. So they're both in it for their own motives, but their own motives is actually right. John wants his freedom. He wants his, um, of course, he wants nothing to happen to his daughter. Then you have Winston who just wants his hotel. So everybody's in it for certain reasons. And then finally, John winds up shooting uh, and I like how he goes, you are such a prick. I like how Winston goes, you're such a prick. Because what do you mean? Because he didn't fire his gun, you asshole. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it shoots him. And he dies. Scar Scar dies. And 
at that moment, I'm like, and then you see that flash of where John has kind of reunited with his wife and things like that. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is goodbye. Or is it goodbye? But I, but I definitely liked. Pick him up though. Like, you know, when Skarsgård got shot and then the guy was like, yeah, it's done. Everybody's free. And I thought, oh, they're going to like pick him up and take it. They just left him on the ground. And As over. they should. As they should. Well, I, I I agree, but I'm like, I thought you're going to pick them up because it's an environmental hazard to leave somebody <laughs> yeah. like that there on the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're free. Like, That's it. <laughs> I wish they would have went into, um, did he go through the same thing as Wick? Because his finger was cut off, too. I think so, too. I think he went kind of through the same journey in a sense because of the fact he cut off his finger and he also re- kind of retired and played this whole entire announcer kind of deal. So I'm thinking that basically he became a moderator for the high table because of the fact that he had to go through the same stuff that John did. It's like so many questions I have from the movie, like like his finger and then the other question is, what is the real motive of Mr. Nobody, the black guy? Because one side, he's like, oh, I'm with John. I'm helping him out. The other side, he's talking to Skarsgård. He's like, you're going to pay me some more money to kill him. Oh, the tracker. The tracker. Yeah. Yeah. Anderson. yeah. Yeah. He called himself Mr. Nobody. But I'm like, where, where, do, where do you align? But maybe that's the yeah. point. Nowhere. But with his dog. I've got a feeling they're going to make a spinoff about him. Oh, yeah. I hope they do, because they do need to expand on him. Because, like I said, before I was thinking that maybe that might have been Holly Berry's son because of the fact because of the fact that he has the dogs and the dogs are attacking them in the same kind of way because they're going for the balls. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking that, you know, maybe it was some connection with her. But it just seems like a guy that is just in it for himself. And if the price is right, he'll kill you. If that price yeah. is not right, he's not going to go after you. Unless, uh, of course, you increase that price, which is $26 million. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that whole thing with the tracker, man, there was that scene um, on the roundabout in Paris uh, where one of the henchmen picks up the dog and throws it at a car. And the whole cinema, you, the, the whole, the air just left the room. I was like, oh, shit. Not the dog, bro. Not the fucking dog, bro. Like everyone was just like, you could feel the tension. It was just like, but luckily the dog was okay. Um, and then there was a scene in one of the buildings where one of the henchmen was going to shoot the dog, but then John Wick killed the guy before he could shoot the dog. I was just like, oh, thank God, thank goodness. <laughs> like, Me too. My yeah. first initial thought was that too, and I could actually feel that tension in, within my theater too. Because even the guy next to me was like, not the dog, mm-hmm. not the dog. <laughs> and even him and I were both saying it at the same time. And my wife goes, do you want to sit next? Do you want to trace seats? I'm like, no. <laughs> because him and I were both going back and forth with, don't shoot the dog. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then all of a sudden you see John, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Just yeah. have like, like a big relief. And but dog yeah. was on something. Because like, like you said, when he threw the dog at the car, and I'm like, oh, my God, is he okay? And the dog's like, yeah, I'm good. And then he's, like, hopping on top of 
roofs of cars. And I'm like, no real dog does that. But of no. course, it was CGI, of course. But for the purposes of this story, that dog, I don't know. The it dog, looked real to me. I, I'm just saying, like, the, the dog is on something. Like, oh, some, he's on the dog is an assassin, too. Is what the I'm dog saying. is on cocaine. Yeah, it is cocaine. Cocaine dog. Cocaine dog. Yeah. It's all But speaking of dogs. Oh, sorry. Go on, Hamlet. I'm sorry. No, carry on, buddy. Carry on. Speaking of dogs, Tamika, what was your initial thoughts with the ending for this and Vengeance 2? My initial thoughts was this. Now that I'm processing things, and this is going to be a little bit of a deep cut as far as what I'm thinking. I'm thinking John Wick is still alive. Now, and I'm thinking there's two ways you can kill somebody. One, you can just take their name away. And that name is dead. John Wick is still alive. So you can be alive and have a different name and he has a different passport somewhere. So I'm thinking just the name alone, John Wick is dead. Mm-hmm. But not him physically. But spiritually and mentally, he's dead. Ah, uh, OK. So first, when you say speaking of dolls, I thought it was going to be a commercial. I thought you got cut in with speaking of dolls. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have any sponsors for this. Yeah. We have an offer on leashes. Yeah. Speaking of dolls, Tamika, what do you think if your dog. 30% off dog leashes. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's what I thought was coming. And I was like, oh, 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 okay. Um, No, I I think he's dead. Because, I mean, he got thrown through. So much. He got thrown through glass. He got thrown off a building. He got thrown everywhere. And then he finally slumped over. And I was kind of underwhelmed by him. I was like, you slump over from that? Like, you fell off so many buildings and you got hit by how many cars? And then you're like, oh, I'm resting. So I think he's dead. And I think for the sake of the franchise, he needs to die, even though I was really sad and pissed that he died. Because I want him to live on. But in a sense, I I want him to have his closure, you know. Same. I feel the same way. I feel like at the end of the day, with John Wick, you don't want it to become a parody of itself where the films just get weaker and weaker as they go on. So, like, to end the John Wick franchise at number four, where you've got the epic four movies, I just feel like that's perfect, you know? And then just give I us agree. spin-off shows. Give us the tracker. Give us um, Anna Diarmas is, is in the works of The Ballerina, which is going to be awesome, which is a spin-off of John Wick. So that's Still waiting awesome. on the Continental, too. Yeah. 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 Those are the two that I'm excited for, is the Continental and The Ballerina. Mm. But I was just talking to my co-worker, which is the same co- co-worker I talked about The Last of Us with. And I'm like, you can do this franchise without John Wick. She goes, how can you do that? I'm like, number one, you have the, so much mythology around certain things that is a character in its own self. You have the Continental. You don't know what the things, how the Continental got started. You don't know the walls behind the Continental. Not only that, but you also have uh, even the High Table. You even have the Bellarina. You have all this stuff within the John Wick universe to the point where you don't need to have Keanu as the face of it. You can have the title John Wick Presents Bellarina or something around that right. kind of title to actually represent it. Because if you just say Bellarina, everybody's going to be like, what the hell is that? 
So you have to have some type of way of actually letting people know this is actually the John Wick universe. Hmm. Yeah, and you've got uh, the side story with uh, Rena. Uh, Rena, <laughs> uh, her, her name is Rena hmm. Shayawana, who plays Anika. Um, obviously, the, I don't know, did you guys see the end credit? You saw the, oh. the after scene? Sadly, no, because I was like, oh, this ain't like a Marvel movie. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's yeah. Anika! <laughs> I did the same thing. I, I did the went, same thing. I went online. I was like, oh, post credit. What? Yeah, post credit scene. So Anika um, is in London. Uh, Donnie Yen is in London. And she bumps into, well, she's just about to walk up to him with a knife and it ends. And it's like, because obviously um, Donnie Yen killed uh, Anika's father. Uh, so she's getting her revenge and it just ends like a cliffhanger. So it's just like, damn! I gotta go back and see it. But then I'll be exhausted, so I'm debating <laughs> if I want to see it again, because I'm like, do I want to go through that mental marathon? It was good, well, but... <sighs> I I agree, Anika. I agree, because I feel like I can't provide much information you call me Anika. <laughs> Anika, yeah, sorry, Tamika. Tamika. <laughs> I mean, Anika, she was badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Tamika, I'm very sorry. It's just I've got Anika on the mind right now. It's crazy. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, you calm down. I like uh, but I do agree with Tamika. I feel like I can't provide a Anika lot of this. Now. Tamika. <laughs> yeah, I'm Anika. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. I'm... It's late, okay? It's like half two in the morning. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> So um, I feel the same as you. Uh, I feel like I can't provide a lot of information tonight because the first when I went to see it, I was very overwhelmed because it's a John Wick movie. You're, you're overwhelmed, you're heightened, you're heightened, and you're excited for the action, and you just you don't take everything in because em- there's so much to look at in a John Wick movie with all the action going on. But like you can't take everything in, and you're just overwhelmed. You're excited. I need to go back a second time and just revisit it where I've just got a clear mind. I know what to expect this time. I can just go and sort of just analyze it more. Right. That's actually how I feel though, too. Like I want to go back, but at the same time, like I want to watch other movies and not saying it just doesn't have the rewatch value because it definitely does have the rewatch value. It's just that I don't know if I want to um, best uh, three hours being exhausted with piano. On the, and I'm out there on the sidelines trying to motivate him to go back on the stairs while while I wait for Kane. Uh, but, you know, I think that this is actually one of the best uh, John Wick franchises. If I had to rank them, I would go with four, two, and three. Yeah. Hmm. But all of them are good, though. Like, it's hard to actually rank them, though, too. It is a difficult one, man. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if I can rank. Like I tried doing it, and I'm like, I'm, not, I'm still not giving it a fair ranking. That that's the thing. At least with the screen movies, I'm able to do a ranking, and that's fine. But this one is like for beat for beat. There's not a bad one in the franchise. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm gonna have to wait until I get like the Blu-ray, and I can just mm-hmm. rewatch it, and then rewatch them all, and then do like a thorough ranking. Yeah. That's probably what I'm going to do, too, is just do a ranking. Yeah. Uh, But on the top of my head, I might have to go four, three, one, and two. 
That's yeah. actually a pretty good that's, ranking. That's saying for me. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go that too, just because of the fact that I enjoyed. You can't change. You just said what you are. <laughs> maybe I was. Maybe you guys motivated me to change my mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In the laws of Tamika, I cannot change my mind. I so have no laws. You invited me here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did. And I'm happy I did. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> I do this to every time. But anyways, <laughs> but I will I will say the only thing that takes me out of the movies that I feel like doesn't quite fit in well with the film are the desert scenes. I kind of feel like mm. I feel like they could do without that and it would still be awesome. I just feel like it, it kind of just it just feels so random to have a desert scene in a John Wick movie just because everything is set in the. City it's very area. suburban. It's very city and suburban, and all of a sudden you're in a desert with people from Cairo that like are dressed up as Egyptians. And, and it turns from John Wick to Rambo three very quickly. <laughs> yeah, but, I think it goes back to three though, because wasn't yeah. didn't he want his revenge on the high table? Yeah, so it kind of is following the same formula where it's taking place from where three left off in a sense. But I agree. It's the same with free. I feel like free doesn't need it neither. They kind of just feel like they don't need those. I feel like they quickly wrapped that up because I feel like they kind of like in the third movie, they kind of realized that and then thought, right, we got to quickly tie these ends up. And mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie, we'll quickly just get this out of the way and then we'll just start everything else. And Yeah, pretty much. Right. I thought that was a perfect way to actually end that part because, like you said, the desert stuff takes me out of it just a little bit. It's a little small nitpicky thing, especially like you said, John Wick is basically your city, uh, basically your city area, suburban area, stuff like that, and you're putting him in the desert. It just doesn't really make sense, especially with him in a suit. It just does. It just feels out of place for me. It's like yeah. putting Reservoir Dogs in the desert, in a sense. Yeah. I yeah. kind of liked it because it reminded me of Indiana Jones. So I was, <laughs> I was for whatever John was gonna do. John Wick, yeah, thank you, not you, thank John. You. Uh, uh, I was for whatever John Wick was gonna do. Uh, he oh, wanted. Damn, to I was getting the big head now. Okay. If he want to be in the desert, he can be in the desert. If he want to be in Osaka, um, uh, nunchucks, he can do that. If he want to be on the streets, he want to be in rush hour traffic, fighting people, using cars as weapons, he can do that too. The only thing I didn't like. Uh, about the movie was um, there was like the, you know, the flashes of light, you know, like, you know, how cars, the headlight, and when people move out the way, it kind of flashed in my face. I was like, oh, you know, so that was just minor. But I don't know (laughs) if there's anything with a camera you can do with that, like maybe blocking or something, so it doesn't blind the audience, but yeah,那我觉得我是一模快，我是那，我是。I love it。那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那那
outside of the Rambo three movie because Rambo three is actually my favorite Rambo movie. But mm-hmm. still, and I think we've got a new saying. Obviously, he has like this iconic catchphrase. It's like, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. This time it was, yeah, I'm gonna need a gun. I was just like, yeah, yeah or <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I might just name this title for the audio. Yeah. John yeah. Chapter Four. <laughs> Spoiler review. Yeah. Or I was actually thinking going with let's see. I'm actually thinking about going friends me little when it's convenient. What's that now? <laughs> friends me little when it's convenient. Oh mm, that's deep. Mm-hmm. SD. But to go off the nonsense of John Wick, though, it needs to be something that's not so deep. So maybe happy hunting. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. Happy hunting or yeah. Dot, <laughs> dot, dot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 If you can put that as a title. Yeah, I'm going to need a gun. But yeah. That's OK, good. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I put up on my Facebook earlier. But yeah, I'm doing this review with you guys at two o'clock in the morning, my time. Yeah, I'm gonna need a coffee. <laughs> the monster isn't working. Monster is pretty good for me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So that's gonna be it as far as our John Wick chapter four review. But we will try and do a rewatch review of John Wick chapter four. And matter of fact, you guys can actually catch my short that I actually made off on YouTube of <laughs> what it was like for John to fall down the stairs using surf ninjas as mm. a reference. So you guys can go in and check that at the Movie Lovers Night YouTube channel mm. whenever you guys get a chance. And that's going to be closing that out. But Vengeance, do you have anything going on as far as you, uh, you want to announce to people or anything? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Vengeance Media on Instagram where we'll be doing interviews with celebrity guests and more blu-ray 4k pickups that i do and uh yeah i basically take a camera into my local store and pick up movies and talk random random shit and yeah let's have a good time and uh and there'll be plenty more of these with with you guys so i can't i can't wait so i can't wait to have you back either because this has been really great these scream six review was great doing this of course, with with us doing the John Wick stuff is fantastic. Tamika and I both have had a good time doing these with you. So yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love you guys. Yeah. You guys are incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds like yeah. Metallica. There. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so I did an interview. Guess on uh, Saturday morning, um, I did an interview with an independent filmmaker, Paul Rashid. And he made a film called The Gallery. The Gallery is basically an interactive video game where you can choose and pick what the characters do within the game itself. You can actually buy this or rent it for $15 on Steam. The link will be in the description notes over into the Gallery interview. So go in and check that out. It was a really great time to be able to chat with him. So that's everything that's going on over here. Please go ahead, visit us also at Multiversal Kingdom. That's where... Dawn and all the other guys hang out. We actually have this um, fantasy football league called Titans of the Turf. And basically it's a fantasy football league that has Forrest Gump, uh, Wolverine, Cartman, everything mixed in within the universe, trying to take each other down D&D style football. So you guys can catch on, catch that on Titans of the Turf. And that's everything that you guys need to know. And keep uh, keep the community page and everything. Check that out. 
for more events. And always until next time, guys. Bye-bye.